Hey there. Thanks for joining us. Just waiting for a few more listeners to show up, so, you know, hang out for a sec. I guess while we're we're twiddling our thumbs here, everyone, I could throw out a, an icebreaker or something. So, raise your hand if you went to school. Wait, are you driving right now? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Okay? Maybe kind of put one shoulder higher than the other? Okay, I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. Okay. Sweet. That's everybody. That's pretty cool, actually. Everyone listening right now went to school. Man, school was fun, wasn't it? All those desks lined up neatly. All those freshly sharpened number two pencils. All those bells telling us when to learn. I love it when kids tell me, you you don't know what school's like. It's so boring. I hate math. And I get to stare right back at them and laugh and tell them that they just described school when I was their age. And also when my grandparents were their age. Isn't it comforting to know that while everything else about childhood is completely different than it was even 20 years ago, schools are still keeping it real like it's 1910. Okay, fine. It's not entirely like that, but man... Some days it's disheartening to observe kids being handed laptops that merely add more weight to their backpack because the school bought them before they had envisioned a use for them. Or when you walk into a 21st century classroom and, oh wait, (laughs) you can't hear air quotes. Just know that they were there around the words 21st century and classroom. I'll do it again so you can get the full effect, okay? When you walk into a 21st century classroom, and you see marker used on a smartboard, or when a teacher tells you that they aren't supposed to try new things in the classroom unless it's on the approved professional development list or comes with a grant. What? As a student from a time when innovative classroom technology meant an electric pencil sharpener or a scientific calculator, I feel as though the opportunities open to schools today must be like driving on one-lane roads for years and then suddenly finding yourself on a six-lane highway. I mean, whoa, right? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. For schools, balancing the sudden possibilities and the heightened chance for driver error has got to be a daunting task. But I have to think that staying in our lane may mean that others will find a more efficient route, leaving us in the dust. So how do we adapt our well-honed driving skills to a faster, more complicated world? Well, that's what these series of conversations is all about. How are schools responding to the ubiquity of technology in other areas of a student's life? How are teachers transforming learning environments? How are students identifying new ways to remain engaged? How are parents navigating an education landscape that may feel alien to their own experience? Sounds fun, right? Let's do this. Now, I'm not uh, one to take the easy way out, so why don't we just jump into the deep end from the very start? One of the most striking examples of education change has been the development and growth of online schools. How about a brief primer? Online learning. Information at the speed of light. A universe of knowledge at your fingertips. Students harnessing the power of computers to access lessons whenever and wherever they are at the moment. Teachers using data to identify and aid student progress with just-in-time feedback and instruction. Is this the school of the future? No! It's a reality for thousands of students near you, today! Students just like Billy here from Indiana. He's been attending school online for three years. He says he likes learning online so he can organize his schoolwork to spend more time camping with his pop 
and his best dog, Rusty. He's also a whiz at math and can learn at his own pace. Here's Billy now designing a science project with fellow online students that combines recent class lessons and his love of astronomy. Looking good, Billy. Reach for the stars. I'm sure you know there's no shortage of opinions when it comes to online learning. So I considered a number of ways to introduce the topic into our exploration of the changing definition of school. So let's see. We could line up opposing experts and listen to them argue. Or we could talk to any number of online content creators and and wonk out over learning science. Oh, wait. How about hearing from a different type of expert? It's cool. It's cool. You'll like this one. Hannah Starks is an eighth grader from Reno, Nevada, who switched from a traditional school to a full-time online school. Like any student moving to a new school, she had hopes, fears, concerns. But Hannah wasn't just switching to a different middle school across town. She was going to be learning in a whole new way. Okay, I tricked you. First, I'm going to have to sneak a professional voice in here for a minute. John Watson is the founder of the Evergreen Education Group, and his pinky finger knows more about online learning than I might ever be able to work out for myself. Now, I don't know if that's more insulting to my brain or John's finger. I really hope I didn't hurt his pinky's feelings. Anyway, the point is that John is super smart, and I wanted to ask him about the reasons students would be attracted to online learning. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some intelligent, research-based insight into that very topic. We did a study a a few years ago, and we created a simple taxonomy of what some of these reasons are, and um, we we lumped them into a a few categories. There was uh, one just around academics, so we see students who have either fallen behind and are needing to catch up at a rate that's greater than a traditional school can usually support, or they're ahead of their peers. And again, the school may not be easily able to accommodate the the needs of those students who who have gone ahead of their uh, classmates. Uh, So that's one area that online schools, because they're allowing students to, to go at their own pace, Uh, and to move ahead or catch up can really help those students. Uh, Another area that we saw quite a bit uh, where online schools help students is uh, students who had health issues. We certainly see lots of kids uh, having things like anxiety issues, and what we hear from these students is the idea that it can just be hard for them to be trying to learn in a school, uh, being able to uh, work online certainly helps those students. Uh, We also heard from a number of students with physical health issues who would talk about the idea that perhaps they might find that on certain days they just don't have the energy to be able to to work in school. And then another category that we that we talked about in that study which, which I think applies is just we broadly call them life circumstances and and that was simply you've got a lot of students who have something that's happened in their lives that have created a need for greater flexibility uh, around their, their learning time and their learning approach. When you talk about any one of these, if you say, well, here's a student whose mother died, here's a student who had this particular illness, here's a student who's interested in pursuing dance, 
you take any one of those, and, and I think one response can be, well, that's, that's really rare. How many students are there who are pursuing dance? Or how many students are there who are aiming to be an Olympic athlete? How many students are there who have that, that fairly debilitating illness? And it's true that each one of those circumstances may be fairly rare. But when you look at students as a whole, so many students have something like that going on that you're talking about a really substantial number of students who can benefit from the type of flexible pacing and flexible approach that an online school can provide. Told you he was smart. Don't worry, I'll hit you with some more of John's thoughts in a bit. But back to Hannah's story. Learning style was Hannah's reason for exploring online learning. Though she had previously attended a traditional school, Hannah struggled to thrive. She is smart, but struggled. A lot. It just wasn't clicking. It wasn't a good experience, but it wasn't totally bad. It was okay. I was able to learn in the way that they teach, but sometimes some of the teachers wouldn't teach in the way that I was able to learn. So I'd slack off and not do the work because I'd get too stressed out and frustrated on it. And I would stop doing the work because of the way that they taught. I also spoke with Hannah's mother about her observations on Hannah's academic experience. It was tough, really, because she hated school. She just absolutely hated it from kindergarten to, which I don't know any kid who hates kindergarten. She never grew into it. She never started liking it. She just... She could never get past that to learn. Now, I I don't want you to think that everyone chooses an online school because of a negative traditional school experience. Chris McBride is the superintendent of Nevada Connections Academy, the school Hannah attends. In a conversation about why students choose an online school, he shared reasons online schools could be an attractive option for a student who fits comfortably within the popular notion of success, even at a traditional school. I don't think... Um, things have to not be working for a student or a family for them to consider an option like ours because I do think we get families and students where things are working just fine um, but maybe they're looking for more than just fine maybe they are really looking for some individual options where they can you know expand their learning and maybe move at a faster rate if they're able to do that or maybe they have a real big passion for animals and they want to volunteer 12 hours a week at the Humane Society and they have those options. So it really doesn't just have to be mm-hmm. students that things aren't working for. Mm-hmm. Things could be fine at their brick-and-mortar school or where they, wherever they are, um, but they might just be looking for more. And oftentimes that more is what we can provide for that family. Okay, back to Hannah and her reflections on the process of switching to an online school. When I first transferred to online school. I did have a lot of anxiety. I was nervous as to what I was going to be learning, if I was going to be able to talk to the teachers, and what I was going to be able to do. I was confident but nervous. But now that I know that I can get through it, and it makes me happy to know that I can work in a way that I'm able to be taught. You know, we went to, they had an open house where most of the teachers showed up. And so we went and actually met in person a lot of the teachers. And that alleviated a lot of Hannah's concerns. She was able to put faces to names and stuff like that. And that, you know, and they're all really nice. And she was like, wow, they're all really nice, you know. And like, what did you expect? 
the the transition I will tell you was a lot less difficult than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to have a um a lot more trouble than we actually had. But um but it went really well. Me again. Everything we've been hearing seems pretty positive, right? Traditional schools work for many kids. Online schools are alternative when they don't or can't reach a student with a unique life situation or learning need. So you may be asking yourself, why all the fussing and feuding about online schools? There's been a lot of scrutiny of online schools in the media. You know the drill. One loud side says, close all of them. They aren't meeting academic benchmarks. How do we know kids are learning if we can't see them? Isolating students from their peers is cruel. Then the other loud side says, open more of them. Achievement can be measured in many ways. Students aren't one-size-fits-all, so why are schools? Kids who are slipping through the cracks in traditional schools can have a chance to find their own voice in success. Even neutral news stories can provide fuel for continued argument. Cute headlines like, back to school, in their pajamas, or Mayberry's student's new school fits in his backpack, can certainly further a naysayer's point of view. These stories look at the superficial aspects of attending an online school. They miss the process. It's not really their fault, though. Ask someone about a local school and they will most likely focus on the campus or the buildings or the classrooms or the student body or a specific program for which the school is known. They don't often talk about learning or why students go there or even why students leave. A lack of experience with online learning has led to a number of myths along the lines of, I bet those kids just roll out of bed, turn on their computer, sign in, and then play Xbox for the rest of the day. Or that online students and teachers don't interact or that it must be easy to cheat one's way through an online school. Here's Chris McBride again. If I had to choose just one thing that I want people to know about online school, it's that, that the students in online school get every single bit of attention as students do in a brick-and-mortar school, but actually even more attention in that the students are actually able to spend more time and get more one-on-one attention from their teachers when they need it than is able to happen in a brick-and-mortar school. And I think that is definitely one of the primary reasons that we are so effective in educating so many of our children so well. I think it's also important for families to understand that because the student isn't sitting in a classroom, it does require some some commitment and dedication from the student um, and or family at home too to make sure that they are following along to do the things that they need to do in order to be successful but definitely with that comes the understanding that that they have certified dedicated amazing teachers that are going to be there every step of the way uh, to meet their needs for success it might seem odd at first But students and teachers both share that they know each other as individuals much more deeply in an online school than they had in their previous traditional settings. But the isolation and loneliness, you're quietly asking. Think of the children! Okay, let's think about them for a minute. Actually, I'll just let John Watson think about it for us. Uh, I'll start with perhaps a a bit of a side observation, but it's it's the commonly made observation that sometimes the loneliest places are are full of other people <laughs> and uh certainly some of the students that i've known that have moved into non-traditional schools felt incredibly lonely in their traditional high school in in this setting that 
some people would say, well, that's the right place for a student to be in that traditional school with 20 or 30 students in the classroom. And, and these students actually feel incredibly isolated in those places because they, they don't feel like it, uh, like they fit in. Uh, that's the first point. Uh, the second point is students these days, young people these days, are, are so connected through social media uh, that as they move to an online school that so many of the ways that they connect with other students uh, are still available to them. Now, I think there's good and bad to that. Uh, I'm certainly not at all uh, bought into the social media bandwagon, and, and, and I think there are real limitations. But, but I think to uh, people who think that students, uh, that young people's uh, primary socializing these days is face-to-face -face have uh, probably lost touch with, with most kids and what they're actually doing these days. Uh, another key point is that for a lot of kids, so much of their socializing comes from outside school anyway, and uh, their, their socializing is through uh, some combination of activities, uh, church, sports, clubs, their own neighborhood, that sort of thing. And little or none of that needs to change because they are in an online school instead of a traditional school. And the final point I'd make is that a lot of the online schools do make efforts to gather students face-to-face -face and, and have outings and events and that sort of thing. And then in other instances, some of the families come together more informally or organically, not even necessarily set up by the school, but the, the parents and families end up getting together and can create some, some really rich linkages and relationships as well. I would actually argue that socialization is an issue to be addressed for all kids in all educational settings. Uh, and among the uh, students in online schools, I think, I think the large majority of them feel like those needs are being met. And for those who assume kids can skate through online school without working? Ask the manager of a remote team of employees whether they have no idea what's happening out in the field. Similarly, when not actively teaching, online teachers are in contact with their students via phone, email, chat rooms, text. And in such a heavy data-rich environment, schools can know when kids are not producing. What's that? What about Hannah? How's she doing? Oh, let's ask. I wake up at 8 o'clock to be able to get dressed, eat breakfast, and get ready while my mom takes my sister to school. Then I do lessons for about an hour to two hours. I have a daily check-in call with my special ed teacher to make sure that I don't go into alarm, which is basically when you're not contacting any of your teachers or reaching out to them. And I make sure that I talk to her, and she's actually really nice, and I'm glad to have her as my teacher this year. But I make sure to reach out to her, and I get like five or above lessons done, at least depending on the day. Right now I'm learning about social in social studies and learning about the Great Depression and World War II. So that interests me to know what happened back then and how it made an impact on the US and other countries and how it affected them. And that's really my favorite subject right now, even though it can be boring at times. 
it's better than what I'm learning in science. I don't find that quite as interesting as I find learning about the past and how we can change um, the society and make a greater impact on um, today's world. So have you bought the uh, the, the website, Hannah Starks for President, just, just in case, knowing that that's kind of where your interest lies right now? <laughs> I wish. Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd look into that if I were you. <laughs> Thank you. So, how are you feeling about things? I think Hannah found a good fit in an online school. So have thousands of other students. For her, it was a chance to find a school that could respond to her individual learning needs. Hey, it's not for everyone, but neither is a traditional school. That is kind of the point, right? Hey, thanks for joining me for this consideration of online learning, and how school is changing for a generation of students. The first of many, I hope. There's a lot happening out there. Until next time, folks, be awesome.